I said to you uh, when I closed last evening that the Apostle Paul, after be beginning the church at Ephesus, he stayed three years with that church. At the end of three years, when he was about to depart, he called for the elders and gave them counsel. And a suitable warning that is found in Acts chapter 20, verse 17 to verse number 38. We won't go back there and read that tonight. Ten years later, I'm sure you're reminded of the love that was demonstrated by them to him and by him to them when he was about to depart. He left the church after making sure that the church was structured well with with uh, elders. Ten years later, he's now in a Roman prison cell. He sits down and he wrote this letter. After finishing the letter, he sent it by the hands of Tychicus to the believers in Ephesus. Didn't get to go back to see them, but he is now writing to them. He found a safe hand to send the letter to Ephesus by. I said to you that in the three chapters, the first three chapters of this letter, he deals with doctrine or theology, which speaks of the wealth of Christ. I said that the second three chapters, he speaks of Practical Christian living are the walk of the believer. God has made his son the source of all spiritual blessings. And the moment we receive him, all those blessings become ours. Let me say that again. God has made his son the source of all spiritual blessings. And the moment we receive him, all those blessings become ours. All. This morning I tried to share with you a little bit how that is. And when I went back home again, uh, another illustration came to mind where here is this rich Billionaire several times over. He comes to St. Martin and he finds a lovely young lady. Poor. She has no money. She has nothing. No doubt she might have been a maid at the hotel that he stayed. And then he decided, I love this young lady. I want to marry her and make her my wife. This poor young lady, she goes home and she tells her parents, and the parents agree especially after hearing 
So she marries this billionaire. She gets married in the census office 9 o'clock in the morning. He leaves from the census office and he goes to the bank and he puts her name on everything that he owned. She walked into the bank, a poor little girl. She walks out of the bank, talk to me, church, a billionaire. Now, you think that she would have any different feelings that now she's a billionaire? I doubt it. But whether she feels like she's a billionaire or not, not even understanding what it means to be a billionaire, she may not even believe that she's a billionaire. Maybe, maybe he did it and she was not even there. But she has become a billionaire. I thought if I share that with you, it will help you to understand what I'm about to share with you tonight. As I said just now, God has made his son the source of all spiritual blessing. All. And the moment we receive him, his son, all those blessings become ours. So let's get into the book of Ephesians and see what it says. The first thing I want us to look at tonight is the divine blessing of the believer. The divine blessing of the believer. As I look in verse number one, down to verse number three, he addresses all believers as saints. Some years ago, I was speaking to one of our pastors from Antigua. And I asked him, I said, what about the saints at All Saints? <laughs> and he made a joke and he said, they're probably all ain'ts now. Not saints, ain'ts. In verse number one, down to verse number three, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, he says, grace to you and peace from God, O Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. May I say to you tonight, from God's point of view, believers are made holy by Him. Stay with me. We as believers, we are made holy by God. This is the true meaning of saint. Every believer is set apart and made holy through the perfect righteousness of Christ that has been placed to our account. Are you with me? In the book of Romans, chapter number 3, verse number 21, and verse number 22, here's what the Bible said. Look at it carefully. But now, say now. Did you say now? Say now. Not then, not some time to come. He said, but now, watch this, 
the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Being witness by the law and the prophets. Look at the next verse. Even the righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Jesus Christ, watch this carefully, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Now, what is unto all? What is upon all? So what is he saying? He's saying to the saints, I want you to be mindful that the righteousness which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all, every last one of us, and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Now sometimes we may look at some people and because their life may not match up the way that we expect it to match up, we may feel that they are less righteous than we are. Let me be honest with you. Anytime you are more righteous than another Christian, your righteousness would be something that you have worked on and that has become self-righteousness. I am righteous tonight. And I can brag it. I am righteous tonight. Not because of how well I live. I am righteous tonight because, just like I said about the billionaire, God, the one of all righteousness, went to my account and deposited his righteousness to my account. And when he deposited his righteousness to my account, he deposited his righteousness to all of our account. So with that in mind, guess what? We are equally Hello. He said that he had, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. He writes to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse number 30, and he says this. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto wisdom, watch this carefully, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. All is made unto him. In Philippians chapter number 3, and verse number 9, he says, and to be found in him, not having mine own righteousness. Hello, are you with me, church? To be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. I say, the believer is now called upon, now that he is righteous, to be faithful. Hello? We as believers, we are called upon to be faithful because of the righteousness that is deposited to our account. In other words, it, it doesn't matter how I look. It doesn't matter how I sound. Watch. I am righteous. It doesn't matter how you look. 
It doesn't matter how you feel. You may not feel like you're righteous, but I want you to stop and pay attention to the fact that, and check your eternal savings, and you will find that he stopped by and he made a deposit to your account. In verse 2, he greets all the believers with grace and peace. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, may I say to you tonight that that was a standard greeting among believers in the early church. A standard greeting. When, when, when I, I remember when I used to write letters, I would say, hi dear. The next thing would be, no, that when you're spiritual. The next thing would be, how are you? Come on, tell the truth. Yeah. Hi, dear. Good morning, Mom. How are you doing this morning? As for me, I am not too bad. You remember those words? Yeah, man. Those are the words, man. And now I just spoke in every letter used to have those. Ask for me. I'm not too bad. Suffering a little flu, but I'm going to get over it. And then we get on. Sometimes when you really want to know what somebody got to tell you, you got to skip that whole first paragraph and then get on. So that was a standard greeting among believers in the early church. May I remind you tonight that grace is the kindness of God extended to those who are undeserving of his favor. God's kindness extended to those, and that's us, who are undeserving of his favor. May I say it another way so you could understand? Watch this. Grace is the system. What did I say grace is? Grace is the cistern that the conduit or the pipe delivers the water that is called peace. Let me say it again. What grace is? Grace is the cistern. But there's a pump that is hooked to the cistern with some pipes to it. We call them conduit. And when that pump comes on, it delivers from grace peace. But grace... Because we have grace from God, we have peace with God. Only because we have grace from God, we have peace with God. Pastor, why would you say that? Good, you ask. Philippians chapter number 4 and verse 3 says something. He says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You have this peace because of the grace of God. That's why we got it. Because of his grace, we have this peace. Then, he reminds us of our source of blessing. This source is none other than God the Father and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants the believer to understand and always remember, but most of all to experience all the blessings granted to us by God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he talked about blessings, he would put before that all the blessings. Stay with me, church. Let me give you a second point. The details of the divine blessing. You know, especially women, they love details. Hey. 
You can ask the man a question, the answer is no. Yes. <laughs> Lady asks you that question, you answer no or yes. You better get ready to answer some more, else you ain't getting nothing to eat. Somebody say correct? <laughs> because they love details. So the detail of the divine blessing. Now, verse 3 says something. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this again. Who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Yes. People are concerned about identity. People are concerned about status. They are. People are concerned about worth. They're concerned about self-purpose. They're concerned about self-worth. Or I must say, we're concerned about acceptance. We're concerned about education. And to have more of everything on earth. We're concerned about how we can get more here on earth. Many today also consider themselves of little worth. They consider themselves like they don't worth a lot. The only way a person can come up with the real sense of worth and that of inner value is to have Christ as Savior and have a right relationship with God. Did, did you hear what I said? Let me say it again. The only way a person can come up with the real sense of worth or self-worth and that of any value is to have Christ as Savior and have a right relationship with God. Permit me to say this. A person without Christ has no spiritual value. Let me say it again. A person without Christ has no spiritual value, no standing before God, no purpose or meaning in this world. A person without Christ. Preacher, how could you say that? Glad you asked. Would you pull up Psalms chapter 1 for me? Would you pull up Psalms chapter 1? And I know I'll give you verse number 4, but let's go from verse number 1. Psalms chapter 1. And watch this. I'm, I'm going to prove to you that a person without Christ is of no spiritual value. I'm going to prove it to you. I tell you this book of Ephesians is the deep book. I love it. Would you read with me? Bless, uh, blessed be the man that walketh not. If you want to be blessed, guess what you got to do? Don't walk. Where? In the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the Lord doth he meditate day and night. Now, stay away from this. Keep close to verse 2. Verse 3. He says, and he shall be like a tree planted. Oh, boy. When you're connected to God, watch, 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 watch. The whole place was brown and black some day, weeks ago. God sent some rain, and I could stop on an Angola and see green St. Martin because God sent some rain. 
Watch this. He said, and he shall be like a tree planted by the river of water. If you got a tree by the river of water, you need not go with a pan and throw water on it. Because it is by the river of water. It's going to be saturated with water. He says, a tree that planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in season. And that's important. Because there are sometimes trees bringeth forth fruit that's not in season. And you know that fruit doesn't value much. If you ever plant corn, and before the corn gets too tall, it begins to flag. We call it flag. That thing that comes on the top. If it begins to flag, and it is not very tall, you know that only nubbins, you, you know what's a nubbin? Oh, we and Williams know what's a nubbin. Only nubbins will come from that. But if the, if the, if the corn stalk grows to a right height, uh, full, and then it begins to flag, you know that you're going to get some good ears of corn. That means in season. Uh, in season. It, it, put out, it put out the corn before the season, so you're not going to get it. So he says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Go back to verse number one. What verse number one says? What well, verse them? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. He says, and then he goes ahead and he explains how this man is blessed. So the first three verses, we got the blessed man. We got this man with value. Look at verse four. Look at verse four. What am I trying to prove to you? I'm trying to prove to you that a person without Christ has no spiritual value. I'm trying to prove to you he has no standing before God, no purpose or meaning in this world. Look at verse 4. Say. It tells us about the man that is with God, and now it tells us about the man that's not with God. Anybody had ever uh, trash pigeon peas? Anybody? You know what we mean when we say trash? Ivor, come on, you know you trash. Here's what we do in Anguilla when we come to trash pigeon peas. We would get the, the dry pigeon, pigeon peas, brother Mike, the dry ones, and we would put them in a bag. And we, we would, we would kind of lay them out flat, not too full, we lay them out flat, and we'd put a bag in the sun. Now, green pigeon peas, we take the time and we shell them with our hand. But we put a bag in the sun, and when it gets hot, we take a stick. They do in Jamaica too. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey. So we would take a stick and we would beat, beat the bag with the peas. We would turn it over and beat the bag with the peas. And, come on, Yvette, you know about that. We would beat the bag with the peas. And then after we finish beating the bag with the peas, we will open the bag. And guess what we will do? We will begin to... We see that, we see that sister looks We see that sister looks That's exactly what the Bible says. He says... Give me verse 4. Give me verse 4. Verse 4 says something. But the ungodly are not so. Not so what? He's not like the tree that is planted by the rivers of water which bring forth his fruit in season. He says, but if he's not so, then how he is? Watch this. He values nothing spiritually. Say, Pastor Webster, tell you that. He values nothing spiritually. What, what is he like? The scripture says, but are like the chaff which the wind 
drive it away. Here's what we do with the pigeon peas. We, we, we throw them out in a bad pan, if you got a lot, and we shake it. And we take the, 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 the shells, the shells, and we throw them in the garbage. But, but in the peas, you still have some fine pieces of the shell because you beat the shell. And by beating the shell, you got some chaff in there. That's right. So here's, here's what my grandmother used to do. She would dip up the peas and she would let them go from high. And watch what would happen. Woo! The wind will blow away the chaff. The young people, when, they, when the wind stops blowing away the chaff, then when you go to pick them out, and the Nairos used to do this. I got it right? I got it right, Ivy? Yeah, man. What, what, I got it right, brother? Yeah, watch, watch. So what are you doing? You are blowing out what? The chaff. He said, that's what the ungodly is like. Now, what is the use of the chaff? It's no use. You don't want it. It is useless. It has no value. Watch, watch. So all you want is for the wind to just blow the chaff away. And he said, so the ungodly is. The ungodly are like the chaff which the wind blow it away. Isn't it correct to say then that is of no value? Come on, talk to me. Am I correct to say that is of no value? Well, if that is of no value, he said, the ungodly are like that. You better believe it. Sometimes we brag of who we are and what we got. We are nothing outside of Christ. Nothing outside of Christ. The detail of the blessings. Here we're going to see the Apostle Paul unfolding six details of divine blessings. Let's look at them. If we get your room, let's look at them. The first thing I want to bring to your attention tonight is the blessed one. Here are the details of this. The blessed one, and if you notice, slash God. When we speak of the blessed one, this truly speaks of one's goodness, and there is no good but God. None good but God. Hello? It doesn't matter how nice you patch up your face and you fix it up and all the bumps you put in, makeup and do whatever you got to do so you can look nice before the mirror. Watch, it still doesn't make you good. None of us are good. God is good. In Matthew, the 19th chapter and the 17th verse, the Bible said, and he said unto him, why callest thou me good? Pastor, you say I no good? Not me. Ain't pastor say that? Pastor just good in telling you what somebody else say. There is none good but one. So who that one is? You? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Who's that one? Is it you? No, it's not you. It's not me. He said there is none good but one. And that is... God. God is good. Outside of God, there is none good. But if thou will enter into life, he says, what you must do? Keep the commandments. May I say to you tonight, 
Goodness is God's nature. Hello? Goodness is God's nature. God not only does good things. God is perfect. And no human being can ever compare. No human being can ever compare. Nothing is more appropriate than for his people to bless him for his great goodness. May I say to you, God is good. What's the word? What's the word? God is good. Period. Yeah. She said, God is good. Period. That's it. Regardless to how it seems, God is good. That's period, <laughs> the sister would say. The one who is supreme blessed or the supreme blessed one, he is the supreme blesser. Not only the blessed one, but he is the supreme blesser. It is he who has blessed us with what? You got it now tonight. You got it. You're getting it. You're getting it. It is he who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Who did it? God did it. What he blessed us with? Some? No. He has blessed us with all. Hey, folks, let's, let's. believers, I'm speaking to you about your position and possession in Christ. Your position and your possession in Christ. James reminds us of this. In James chapter 1 and verse number 17, he says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, which whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Paul assures us that God causes everything in our life to work out for good. Everything. Watch, watch, watch. You know when you go astray, you moan and groan and complain about you going astray? Now, while it may not be good for you to go astray, God uses that going astray for good. Are you with me? Pastor, why would you say that? Well, you know the verse. In Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 28, he says, and we know Know what? That all things work together for good to them that love God. He did not say all things are good. He said all things work together for good. Now, let me ask you. And are you love to bake cake? Uh, you don't love to bake cake. You love to eat cake. Anybody? I, I, I want to see your hands who don't love it because the next time we got cake here, you ain't getting none because you don't love it. All right? But we love to eat cake. One of the things about cake I don't love to eat is the baking powder. Don't come throw no baking powder in my hand and tell me, eat that. Because I ain't eating no raw baking powder. But if you make a cake without baking powder and I pitch it at you, it may chop you. <laughs> Hello? So watch. While the baking powder may not be good, to throw in your mouth, 
It works with the other things for good. So watch this. We may not like some of the things that's happening in our lives, but God is working those things out in our lives for our good and for his glory. Just let God do his work. All things work together for good to them that love God, to those who have the call according to his purpose. There are some times when things happen, I would stop, and, and you know me, I would say, Lord, show me the good in this, and he would tell me, your thoughts are not my thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. As the heaven is high above the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts, and my ways higher than your ways. And I said, okay, God, thanks. I did. I don't have to know everything. But what I need to do is accept what he says. That's what I need to do. I need to accept what he says.